and welcome. My name is Robin, and I want to thank you for joining us at church today. If this is your first time, whether in person or online, we'd love to hear from you, whether on social media, by filling out a Connect card, or by visiting us in the Welcome Center. Now be sure to find your seat soon as service will begin shortly. This morning we're going to get into God's Word, Acts chapter 27, for those of you that, that want to turn there. We were originally going to, to be a part, or be uh, in a series today. We were going to start the series last week, and the, the series was entitled Refinance. We've been, we've been doing re-words throughout the year. Those of you that were with us in January, you'll remember that this year's a, a, a re-year, right? Re means to come back to, to do again. Uh, and so everything that we've done, every series we've preached has been a reword. We've done refocus, re, reintegrate, refuse, all of these different rewords. We're going to do uh, refinance. We were supposed to start that last week, but the storm uh, threw a wrench in those plans. Next Sunday, we're going to be having a, a special guest speaker with us. Pastor Troy Maxwell is a friend of mine from Charlotte, North Carolina, an incredible man. Uh, he's going to share around a book that he wrote called The Panic Room. And, uh, and just what, what God has revealed to him in, in, in his life as he, he went through some anxiety attacks and some panic attacks and, and God's bringing freedom in that and, and through that. And so he's going to be with us next week to, to share. would encourage you, invite your friends, invite your family. It's going to be a great time. Uh, but because of the storm and because Pastor Troy is going to be with us next week, we've decided to just wait until August to, to start the refinance series. And so today I, I have the opportunity to kind of just kind of just wing it. And I don't mean wing it like I didn't, I got up here without preparing. I don't mean wing it like, well, you know, let's, let's read our Bible how some of us do and just flip until we stop and then we'll read something there. No, I, I mean wing it in the sense that it's not a part of a series. And so really it's, it's God, what are you saying to us right now? Like what would, what would you have to say? Not that, not that he doesn't do that when we preach in series, not that he doesn't do that, whether we're talking about finances or, or our, our reintegration, body, soul, spirit. Not that he doesn't always do that. But God, if we were just to push pause and just quiet ourselves, say, God, what would you say to us today? I feel like, I feel like he's given me kind of a, a one-off message for this time. And I'm not, I'm not saying like this is divinely, you know, whatever, but... But I did pray, and I, 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 I do have my finger on, on the pulse of the church, and at least I th think I do. But as I've talked to people, and as I've had conversations, and I've had coffee appointments, and I've had lunch appointments, and I've gotten emails and text messages, I feel like there's a lot of... A lot of us, whether we're here in person or watching online, I feel like there's a lot of us who, who are going through some stuff. I feel like there's a lot of us who, if we were honest, we would say we feel like the waves are crashing against our boat a little bit. Feel like we're in the midst of, of a storm a little bit. And so today I want us to to look into God's word. And in Acts chapter 27, we see the story of a storm. And if you've never read Acts 27, I would encourage you, it reads like an episode of The Deadliest Catch. Like, I, I kid you not. You will not be disappointed when you go home and you read Acts chapter 27. 
It's better than any movie. It's better than, than, you know, the perfect storm. You ever see the perfect storm? I think that was Mark Wahlberg. It's better than the perfect storm. It's more entertaining, more engaging, and it gives you principles to live by. And so, so in Acts chapter 27, we, we find Paul. And Paul has been traveling throughout the Mediterranean on his missionary journey, speaking the, the good news of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. He's been planting and establishing churches throughout the, the region. He has come back to Jerusalem. He's preaching in the temple. Of course, the, the, the Pharisees, they don't like it. The high priest, they don't like it. And, and he's preaching in the temple. And these men come and, and throw false accusations against Paul. As they're throwing these accusations against Paul, this riot ensues. And the only way that they knew to, to quell the riot was to arrest Paul. So they do. They arrest him. The, the, the Roman leadership arrests Paul. They're getting ready to, to really beat Paul. They're asking him, what did you do? He says, I didn't do anything. Like, yeah, right. Every criminal says it wasn't them. And so they're getting ready to beat Paul. And he says, wait, I'm a Roman citizen. And as a Roman citizen, you can't beat me. You can't punish me until you give me a fair trial. You're Roman? Yes, I'm a Roman. We didn't know that you were a Roman citizen. So they, they back off. They give him a trial. He stands trial before the governor. The governor's like, I can't find anything wrong that this man did. But, but nevertheless, the crowd wants to, to, to kill him. I don't know what I'm going to do. So Paul says, well, send me back to Caesar because as a Roman citizen, you had the right to appeal to Caesar. Send me back to Caesar. Let me tell Caesar what's going on. Let me plead my case to him. And so they said, okay, we are, you're a prisoner. You're, you're still under arrest, but we will put you on a boat, send you back to Caesar so that you can appeal to Caesar. That's where we pick up the story in Acts chapter 27. They're, they're on this ship heading from where they were back to Rome so that Paul could, could appeal his case before the emperor. And it's getting late in the year and and the time for, for calm waters is almost over. And Paul's like, guys, maybe we, should, maybe we should postpone. Maybe we should just stay here for a few months, let the season pass, and then we'll continue on our journey. But it, it says that they didn't do that. They pulled up anchor and they, they went out anyway. And this morning, we're going to pick up the story in Acts chapter 27. We're going to begin reading in verse number 13. Here's what the Bible says. When a light wind began blowing from the south. The sailors thought that they could make it. You ever think you could do something? Right? You think you can do these things, Nemo, but you just can't. When, the light, when, when a light wind was blowing, the sailors thought, man, this is going to be easy. Another translation says, when the sailing was smooth. Here's what I want to warn you. If, if things are going smooth now, be careful. Because seasons change. The gentle breeze is blowing now, but don't let your guard up because the seasons change. So they pulled up anchor and they sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly. And the wind of a typhoon strength burst across the island and blew us out to sea. Isn't it crazy how quickly in life things can change? Things were going so well, and then everything was good at work until I got laid off. 
Everything was good in our marriage until everything was good with the kids until everything, everything was good with my relationship with Jesus until that boy sent me that message. I was doing so well with my identity until my friends started pointing out things that I didn't see. I was doing so well, everything was going fine, but it's so crazy how that everything changes so abruptly. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up, let it run before the gale. Now the translation says that they lost control. They lost control of the ship. What do you do when you lose control? What happens in your life when you lose control? Come on, all you control freaks. I know know you're out there. We lose control, so we save up, we store up. Some of us, we lose control and we chat up. We, we, we lose control and we do all of these other things. We, we might even give up. But listen, if, if you find yourself losing control, unless you are prayed up, you will find yourself lost at sea. When you find control slipping out of your fingers, that's the time when you need to go before God and get prayed up. 16, he says, we sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Kauda where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of Syrtis off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. When the storms of life hit, you'll find that the things that used to matter no longer matter anymore. The things that used to be so important to you, all of a sudden they they lose their, their importance. They began throwing the cargo overboard. It says that the terrible storm raged for many days. They were out there for 14 days in this storm. 14 days they were battered by the wind. 14 days they were battered by the wind in the waves. It says the, the storm blotted out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. For 14 days they were out in this storm until at last all hope was gone. This morning I want to, to talk to you about what to do when all hope is gone. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I pray this morning that you would speak to each and every one of us. God, it doesn't matter if if we find ourselves and that gentle breeze is blowing in our lives. And it's just the right amount of force propelling us across the sea of life. Lord, if we find ourselves in the midst of the gale force winds. Lord, wherever we find ourselves, I pray that you would speak to us today. God, for those that need to be encouraged, I pray that you would encourage them today. For those that feel like all hope is gone, I pray that we would find hope in the only source of hope, and that is you. God, no matter where we find ourselves, would you, would you open our eyes? Would you open our hearts? God, every word that comes from my mouth, may they not be my words, but your words, and would you anoint each and every one of them? God, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that even in the midst of the storms, God, you are still good. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 
in life, there are, there are many things that can cause you to feel hopeless. Whether it's the, the diagnosis and the report that you get from the doctor, it's, it's relationship problems, it's money problems, it's family problems, it's problems with the kids at home. There, there are uh, numerous, numerous different things, and, and you can all relate. Maybe as we, as we read this story, some of you are sitting there in the midst of a storm right now like, yeah, Pastor John, I feel that. Maybe, maybe some of you, you're not currently in a storm, but, but this brings back memories of a storm that you've recently gone through. Maybe some of you, some of you, everything's going good. I would say be careful because things change abruptly and you never know when that storm is going to blow in your life. What I do know is that storms come. James says, when you face, he doesn't, say, he doesn't say if you face trials. He says when you go through hard times, when you go through hard times in life, the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your station in life. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how long you've been married. The storm is going to come. Are you prepared for it? As we, as we read this story and we, we talk about this feeling of hopelessness, I, I need you to know, like, I've been there. I've been, I've been in that position where the waves are crashing and it feels like the ship is sinking. I remember when we first got married, it was a couple years after we had been married. I'm, I'm a husband, I'm, I'm a father, I'm 24 years old two small kids at home. And I remember getting called into my boss's office and they said, John, we're gonna have to let you go. And I remember that feeling walking out to my car with, with this box full of my, my affairs. After spending the last four years in that office, I'm leaving with a box to show for it. And I remember walking out to my car and all I could think and all I could feel in that moment was, you're such a failure. How are you going to feed your kids now? What are you, you going to do now? How are you going to tell your wife? You're supposed to be the man. You're supposed to be the provider. Who, who are you? What do you have to show you? You're nobody. You're nothing. I'm walking out to my car and this feeling of hopelessness came over me. I re- remember this feeling when, when the kids were little and, and Carter, Carter, he was a late developer. He really developed late and, and for years he wouldn't talk, he wouldn't speak and we began having questions and conversations like what's going on? Like God, do you not see? God, are you not? God, when are you going to do something? God, what's up? God, why is this happening? And and all of these questions and all of these feelings are flooding my mind and flooding my heart. And it's like, God, where are you? What's going on? I remember getting married thinking that marriage was going to be the solution to that addiction. And it didn't. I remember those feelings of shame and guilt and hopelessness. Like I'm never going to be able to, to overcome this. I'm never going to be able to conquer this. I thought once I got married that that would take care of all my problems. How I many you know getting married doesn't take care of your problems? This brings a whole new set of problems. I love you, babe. But that's the truth. Those of you that are like, I can't wait till I get married so that it'll fix everything. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> 
But I remember there, there have been times in my life where, where it felt like I was bailing water out of my boat and it's like, God, do you not see me? God, what am I going to do? God, I don't know how I'm going to, to even get, get through this. 14 days they've been in this storm with no sleep, no food, no relief from the wind, no relief from the waves, just a constant barrage. And Paul gets up to give everyone a halftime speech. In this moment that Paul gets up and says, hey, everybody, listen to me. Pay attention. I got something to say. In the midst of a storm, and here's what, here's what Paul says. We'll continue the story in verse 21. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and says, men. Now, listen, I love sports movies. I love halftime speeches. I, I, as an athlete, I love being in and a part of halftime speeches. I love that, like, as a coach, I love giving halftime speeches. Like, I'm going to pump you up. I'm going to get you excited. Then we're going to go out there. We're going to win the game. Here's Paul's speech. Men, you should have listened to me. <laughs> you you should have listened. Sounds like a woman. You should have listened to me in the first place. And not left Crete, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. Paul gets up like, guys, I know it's hard. I know we're, we're losing right now. But listen, I got something to say. I told you so. <laughs> Nobody likes to hear I told you so. Who, who likes having somebody come and say, I told you so? Nobody, for those of you watching online, nobody raised their hands. Now, here's what I want. How many of you enjoy being the person to say, I told you so? Be, hold on, be honest, because there's more of you than that. We don't like receiving the I told you so, but we love giving it. If you would have just listened to me in the first place. None of this would have happened. Verse 11, let's, let's go back like J.J. Abrams and Lost. We'll do flashback. Verse, some of you didn't get that. Verse 11, this is before the storm, before they set sail. Paul comes to them. He says, guys, it's not going to look good. He says, if we leave now, there's going to be damage and great loss. But it says that the officer in charge listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. So Paul in the very beginning says, guys, I don't think it's a good idea. Guys, I don't think we should do this. They didn't listen to him. They went out anyway. Now, 14 days, they've been in this storm. Paul gets up and says, fellas, I told you so. Nobody likes hearing that. Remember when you're Jace for his birthday, which by the way, today's his birthday. Jace, if you're in Alaska watching this right now, happy birthday, 15 years old. How is that possible? Jace wanted to go paintballing for his birthday. He said, you don't want none. He says, yeah, I want to take like, like eight of my friends. We'll go paint. So we did. We went paintballing out in Louisville. So we're out there and, and we get to the end and, and, and the, the guy who's running the show, he's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do, we're going to do 2v2v2v1. And, and I was on my own team and they were split up in twos and we were teams. And he says, now split up. If you've never gone paintballing, essentially like you're out in the middle of the forest and like you just split up and you hunt down everybody else. It's the greatest thing ever. And then you get to shoot paintballs at them. So he goes, split out, spread out. And when you hear the horn go off, that's when the game starts. And so, so I think it was, it was Jace and Jameson were on a team and Isaiah and Tavian were on a team and, and, and their friends, they, they all split up there on a team. I was by myself. 
And, and they think they're playing Call of Duty, right? So as soon as the horn goes off, like they're rushing in, I am like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Predator, like I'm taking mud and I'm spreading it on my face. And they're like running into the middle. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sneak up that hill and come down from the back. Now, when you play paintball and you sneak up on somebody, you have two options. You can be a nice guy and say, surrender and give them a chance to put their hands up, at which point you don't have to shoot them. They're out of the game. Nobody likes doing that. Option number two, you, you sneak behind them and you just unload on them. And so I snuck behind and Isaiah and Tavian were hiding behind the sheet of plywood and, and they had no idea I was there because they weren't watching the hill behind them. I have the high ground because I know. No clue. They're shooting somebody down the hill. I sneak up behind them and just like from 20 yards away, just, and I had the thought, do I give them a chance? And then on my other shoulder, it was like, no, why would you give them a chance? And so, so from 20 yards away, just pop, 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 and just, and they're like, you know, flailing around. So they're out of the game. They walk down the hill, letting everybody there know that they're out. Why well, I came around this corner and Jace had like barricaded himself inside this V made of plywood. And I was standing there and, and there's this plywood and there's this creek behind him. So I know he can't go that way. The only way he can come is to me. And it's just me and Jace left. We're the last two in the game. Happy birthday, son. And we're the last two in the game. And I remember I yelled out to him. I said, Jace, you better give up. And he says, no way. And I said, if you take one step out of that cover, I will blast you so hard. And he said, no, you won't. And I said, try me. I said, trust me, you don't want to do this, Chase. And then all I see is him dart out from behind cover and try and go like Matrix on me, which you can't go Matrix on me. And so there's like 10 shots in a row. All like all the chest, I got his legs, I got, I got everywhere. So much so that he fell backwards into the creek. And I went, I pulled him out of the creek and I said, son, I told you so. You don't want to, you want to mess with me. See, Paul comes to them and he says, listen, you don't want to go out there. They didn't listen. Paul gets up 14 days in a storm, says, fellas, I told you so. Now, what's the principle for us to learn here? Like, okay, John, like that's all well and good. But what am I supposed to do? If my marriage is falling apart, what, what do I do with this cute little story that you just told? The first thing that I see in the scripture that we all need to write down and remember is we need to make sure that we listen to the right voices. Listen to the right voices because Paul was saying no, the captain was saying yes. Paul was saying it's not a good idea. The captain was saying, I don't care. We're going anyway. Be careful who you listen to in those times. Your marriage is falling, but don't, don't, don't go to your unsaved friends. Don't go to the person that's been divorced three or four times for relationship advice. Like, hey, I'm struggling in my marriage. Don't ask me. I don't know what to tell you. I've been struggling for the last five your marriage, your, your finances are fine. Don't, don't go to the person who's broke. Don't go to your unsaved financial planner because you'll go to them and they'll say, what is this 10% going to the church? You need to stop that. 
But when you look at God's word for financial advice, God says, be, be generous, be, 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 be one that, 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 that sows bountifully, and then you'll also reap bountifully. It's what Kevin said earlier. Don't go to unsaved people to get advice when you're in the midst of a storm. Why? Because their standard of measurement is different than our standard of measurement. And if we're taking advice from them, we're just going to end up looking like them. Who are you listening to in your storm? Who's the voice that is the loudest in your head right now? Is it the Lord? God, I don't know what to do. Is God speaking to you right now? Is he your source of truth? Is he your source of direction? Or is it Facebook or Instagram or your friend or those texts? Who who is it? Jace, I remember when we first moved to Elkhorn, we were walking through the park and there was this creek, Jason Creeks. That's, that's the theme for today. I should have named this message, my son in a creek. <laughs> there was this creek and Angel looked at it. She said, John, I bet you can't jump over that. I said, <laughs> jumped over it. Some of you remember this story. Jumped over the creek. No problem. Jason's like, dad, I could do it. I would advise against it, son. <laughs> dad, if you could do it, I can do it. One day when you're grown like your father, You'll be able to do these things, Nemo. But right now, just stay on, stay on that side of the creek. Isaiah's over here like, jump, Jace, jump, Jace, you've got this. Dad's like, Jace, I don't think it's a good idea. Isaiah's like, don't be a chicken. Don't be a chicken. So Jace determines in his head, I'm going to jump. So I pull out my phone and I start recording. It's one of my favorite videos. I still have this video. six years ago, still saved on my phone. Let's watch the video. Here's what happens. Let's, let's, just, let's just loop that one more time. Happy birthday, son. He went, to, he went to step and couldn't tell that behind the tall grass was nothing. Whose voice should he have listened to? Mine, the one who would later paintball him in the face. Listen to the wrong voice. Sometimes, listen, sometimes that's what it's like in our lives. Like, what should I do? And our Heavenly Father's like, no, just like, let's think about this. And our friends are like, just jump, just do it. What should I do? I don't know. They're not saved. Should I be in a relationship? And our friends are like, you haven't got married yet, so of course you should be in a relationship. And it's like, okay. We look up like, what happened? You listened to the wrong voice. What did you think was going to happen? Make sure that you're listening to the right voice. Who has your ear in the midst of your storms? Who are you listening to? The first thing that we have to do is make sure that we're listening to the right voices. The second thing that we see Paul encouraging them with is is to take courage. Don't be afraid. Take courage. Look at what Paul says in the very next verse. He says, take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Right? Like, We think we're all going to die. Paul gets up like, fellas, I told you so, but it's okay. Don't be afraid. Take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship's going to go down. (laughs) Paul, like, come on, man. Like, work on your bedside manner just a little bit. You're not going to die, but the ship's still going to sink. 
You're not going to die, but you still got to swim for it. Okay, sweet. Thanks, Paul. But he says, he says, take courage. Take courage. It's okay. Can you take courage in the midst of your storms? Paul says, but did you die? It's like that person that you ride with and before the key is turned to start the car, you're reaching for your seatbelt because you know what's about to happen. You get to your destination and all your neck muscles are sore because you've been so tense the whole time. You put it in park and you're reaching for the door to get on solid ground and you get down there like, oh my gosh, but did you die? Like that's Paul right now. Like you're not, you're not going to die. It's going to be okay. Now here's what's interesting to me. As I read this scripture, Paul says, take courage. Don't be afraid. Take courage. Even though the ship's still going to go down. Paul's saying, take courage, even though your situation's not going to change. Take courage, even though tomorrow, the storm's still going to be blowing. Are you able to take courage? See, it would be easy to take courage if we knew that tomorrow everything would be different. If if tomorrow we woke up and there was $10,000 in our bank account, it would be easy today to take courage. It's fine. I just got to get through today. I just got to get through this week. But are you able to take courage even if your situation doesn't improve? Are you able to, to do that? See, how does, how does he do, how does he expect them to, to be courageous even though the ship's still going to go down? Because he took their focus off of their immediate danger and put it on their ultimate safety. You're going to live. Ultimately, you will be safe. We will remain in danger in the immediate, but ultimately we will be fine. How do you take courage even though your situation's not changing? Get a new perspective. Take a step back. Even if your marriage is beyond saving, can you still take courage knowing that the Holy Spirit is your comforter? Even even if... You get laid off at work. Can you take courage knowing that God is still your provider? In the midst of the storm, are you able to look at the storm and say, even if you don't stop blowing, I will take courage. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Can you look at that, at that sin and say, it's okay, I can take courage. Why? Because in my weakness, his strength is made perfect and his grace is sufficient for me and his spirit will help me in my weakness because I'm no longer a slave to that thing, but now I can walk in freedom from it. If your situation doesn't immediately change, can you still, can you still take courage? He goes on, let's, let's look at number three because we're running out of time today. The third thing that Paul encourages them with is that they're not alone. When you're in the middle of a storm, you need to be careful whose voice you're listening to. You need to take courage and you need to realize that you're not alone. Let's look at what Paul says. He says, take courage. None of us will die, even though the ship's going to go down. Because last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. See, God said, not only is he with me, but he's with all of you. 
Paul says that's how we can take courage. We, 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 we need to know we're not alone. It's not just us, but there's angels here with us. You need to know that it's not just you. It's not just you that's going through that in those times where it's so dark and you feel so alone and you feel so lost. And it's like, what am I going to do? And nobody's here to help me. God's there. God's with you. Deuteronomy chapter 31 is the same thing he said to Joshua going into the promised land. He said, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't panic before them. Those people groups that you're going in to conquer. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. It doesn't matter how hard the wind blows and how heavy the rain is and how how much those waves beat against the, the ship of your life. God's not getting out of your boat. All you have to do is make sure that you stay right next to him. Realize you're not alone. When the storms come, we, we, can either, we can either abandon ship, try it on our own. Good luck with that. Let me know how it works out for you. Or we have this invitation to lean into God. We have this invitation to cast our cares upon him. We have this invitation that, that at the end of it all, I'm not the one that has to carry this weight, but God, I lay it at your feet and I give it to you. And so, Lord, I sacrifice. I give you my marriage. And I give you my kids and I give you my finances and I give you my relationships and I give you my identity and I give you my purpose and I give you, I give you God, this storm that I'm in right now. God, rather than trying to to row this thing all by myself, God, instead I trust in you because you're not alone. You don't have to go through it by yourself. Verse 25, Paul again tells them, take courage for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an (laughs) island. Dude, I love, I love Paul. Halftime speech of all time. This is the greatest speech ever, right? Like, fellas, listen. Listen, I know it's been two weeks we've been in the storm. It's okay. But I told you so. But don't be afraid because none of us will die. But the ship's still going down. But there was an angel last night that appeared to me and he said, we're all going to be safe but we're going to be stranded on an island somewhere. Like, what are you trying to accomplish here, Paul? He says, listen, I believe God. I believe God. And it's going to be just as God said it would. Are you able to believe God in the midst of your storm? Do you even know what to believe in the midst of your storm? See, Paul had a promise from God because the angel appeared to him. He had he had a word spoken to him from God. Guess what? You have the exact same thing. You have God's word to you. No matter what storm you're facing, no matter what you're going through in life, no matter how dark it might be, no matter how difficult it might feel, no matter what you're going through, you have the very word of God to you. That just as Paul was able to stand before 276 men and say, it's going to be okay, even though it's not going to be okay. 
It's going to be all right, even though the storm's not stopping anytime soon. It's going to be all right, even though our ship's going down. It's going to be all right, even though we find ourselves stranded on an island. It's going to be okay. Why? Because my God said it would. And I take him at his word. And I know that if my God said it, then I can believe it. We've got so many, so many Christians who are going through storms and they're going through it without a word from God. Without knowing what they can stand on. Without knowing what promises they can take hold of. If you don't, if you don't read God's word, then when you find yourself in a storm, you'll be like those sailors. Throwing cargo overboard, cutting anchors, throwing anchors. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Why? Because you have no promise to stand on. It's interesting to me that I'm reminded of another storm and another boat and the disciples are out on the lake and Jesus is in the boat with them. And I love, I love Jesus because Jesus was napping and try and take as many naps as I can just because I want to be like Jesus. But they're in the boat. The storm is raging. Jesus is napping. He's sleeping. He's at peace in the storm. Why is he at peace in the storm? Because he knows what he can stand on. Because he knows there is no storm that will overtake him. He knows that there is, there is no wind that is greater than the power within him. The disciples freak out, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? And Jesus gets up and he speaks to the wind and he speaks to the wave. You woke me up for that? Did you really? You don't yet know what you can stand on. Let me show you what you can stand on. Jesus brings peace and calm, but, but even, if, even if he didn't, Right? Even if Jesus got up and he says, oh, that's some storm, boys. It's okay. We're going to be fine. Jesus, how can you say that? It's fine. We're going to be good. Paul, how can you say that everything's okay? How can I take courage at a moment like this? Because I have a promise from God that I can stand on. And if my God said it, then I know I can believe it. And if I can believe it, then I know I can live by it. And I live, if I, if I live by it, then I know that everything else will be directed in my life according to the word of God. We need to remember God's promises when we find ourselves in the midst of our storm. Do you have a faith like that? You have a faith that in the midst of COVID and in the midst of job insecurity and in the midst of financial insecurity, in the midst of relationship problems in the midst of whatever it is that you might be facing or you might be facing tomorrow, do you have the kind of faith that can say, it's okay? Because I know God's promises. And even if he doesn't, guess what? Like most books, I read the last chapter first. And we win. Even if the storm doesn't subside, guess what? I win. Even if my life be taken from me, guess what? I win. Why? Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. 
world, you can throw whatever you want at me. But I know that I have promises that I can stand firm on. No matter what you're facing today, and listen, I know that there's a lot of you facing a lot of things. I'm praying for you that God would encourage you and that that God would give you the courage inside to be able to stand up and face your storm and look right at your storm and, and be able to take courage knowing what God's word says. I know there's a lot of us here that are going through stuff and as we read this story and as we read this chapter in God's word, I just want to remind you, be careful who you listen to. Don't just give anybody a voice into your life when things aren't going well. Be careful what advice you're taking. Be careful who you're following. Take courage. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's the ability to trust God in spite of fear. Courage doesn't mean that everything's good. Courage means that even when things are bad, God, I trust you. Take courage, be strong and courageous. Why? Because he's never gonna leave you. He's never gonna forsake you. You're not alone. You don't have to go through this by yourself. When you find yourself in a storm, remember God's promises. His promises are there. His promises, you can can take them to the bank. He's not a man that he should lie. Doesn't matter how many times there have been broken promises in your life, God will not break one of his. Stand on God's word. Take courage, be strong, be courageous and allow God to work in you and through you in the midst of your storm, amen? Stand with me this morning. If you're here today and you're going through something, I just wanna pray for you. Even those of you that are online that are going through something, going through a hard time, going through a difficult season, going through a a storm in your life, if that's you, do me a favor, just, if you would, just raise your hand wherever you're at. Say, pastor, that's me. This message was for me today. I'm going through going through a storm in my life. Thank you so much. Keep your hands up. Here's what I want us to do. If you're, if you're comfortable with this, just go ahead and look around. If there's somebody next to you or, or in front of you or around you with their hand raised, would you just lean over and put, put your hand on their shoulder? We're just gonna pray one for another here today. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your church. I thank you for your body. Lord, this morning, this morning as we study your word, as we examine your word, I'm thankful that we're not the only ones who have ever gone through hard times. Lord, when we go through those storms, it's, it's not always a reflection that there's, there's something wrong with us because your word says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Sometimes it's a result of our decisions. Sometimes it's a result of the decisions of those around us. It wasn't Paul's decision, it was the captain's decision, yet Paul was still affected by the storm. So Lord, for whatever reason that, that we find ourselves in the midst of a storm today, I, I'm thankful that we can be encouraged by your word and through your word. God, even as as Paul stood on on your word and spoke to those men and said, listen, it's gonna be okay because my God, whom I belong to and whom I serve, said it's going to be okay. Lord, today we can speak to our storm and we can 
speak to our situation and say, it's going to be okay because my God said I'm going to be okay. It's gonna work out because God said all things, he causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I love my God and I know that he's called me. So no matter what happens, I know that he can work it for my good and his glory. Lord, today I pray that if there are, are voices that we've been listening to that are, that are not helpful, not healthy, that are not directing us back to your word, that you would reveal those to us, that we would remove those voices in the midst of our storm. God, for those of us that feel hopeless, I pray that you would cause courage to rise up within. Courage, not the, the absence of fear, but the ability to trust you in spite of fear. God, that we would be strong and courageous, even as you, you said to Joshua, knowing that you'll never leave us, that you'll never forsake us, that even if, if everybody else on our ship abandons us in the midst of our storm, we thank you that you are there with us and that you will never leave. God, we stand on your word. We stand on your promises. Thank you that we don't have to go through this alone. Thank you that we don't have to go through this guessing. Thank you that, that we don't have to go through this confused, but we can, we can find clarity and we can find promises in your word for our situation today. God, as we leave this place, I pray that you would encourage. I pray that you would strengthen. I pray that you would equip. God, whatever it is that needs to happen in that situation, that you would work it out, that you would cause it to work for their good, your glory. But God, even if it doesn't, even if the ship still has to go down, we take courage. Even if we have to be stranded on a desert island, we still trust in you. Even if tomorrow the skies are not blue, God, I'm thankful that you're still there with us. We keep pressing on and we keep pressing forward. Go with us today. Go with us this week. Continue to encourage, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you this morning. Hey, remember. Next Sunday, Pastor Troy Maxwell is with us. You don't want to miss that. Bring somebody with you. Love you, church. Praying for you, church. Here for you, church. Be blessed. Have a great week. At Dream City Omaha, we're all about helping each other do three things. Discover Christ, recover identity, and uncover purpose. Please check out our past sermon series or online discipleship classes. And don't forget to hit subscribe and the bell for notifications on all of our latest videos.